We interrupt this program for a special report by WKMU. Staten Island, New York. Good morning, Earth. It's time to get up. Rise and shine. This is What Keeps Me Up at Night podcast coming at you in the morning time. Or whenever it is that you're listening to us. We don't judge. <laughs> Today we'll be talking about um, mental health because it's Mental Health Month. I don't know if you knew that. Yet. I didn't know that until you told me. Yeah, <laughs> it's a topic that I actually have been wanting to talk about for a long time. Yeah, um, yeah. if we don't talk about it during Mental Health, health Month, then when are we going to talk about it? Well, I'm always talking about it. I'm just she talking is. about it now to you guys <laughs> listening in. <laughs> And you'll hear, you'll keep hearing me talk about it, because uh, I want to break the stigma. I think a lot of us suffer in silence, and yet, you know, if you're around me, it's just not gonna happen. You're not yeah. alone. I'm here for you. And if you listen to other uh, of our podcasts, you know we do a little uh, conspiracy theories, aliens, and other stuff like that. But we want to touch on that a little bit of Van Gogh and uh, the strange circumstances around his uh, alleged suicide. So, you know, let's, let's just, let's get right into it then. Let's get into it. According to the World Health Organization, one billion people suffer from mental illness worldwide. So that's like one in seven people, right? Aren't there like seven billion people? In the world? Yeah. Probably. I feel like the number is not high enough. Uh, around like 60 million i think in in you the u.s is like how many people suffer from mental illness that i think we, we know have like of. 350 million in this country my my facts could be a little old but yeah i don't know <laughs> it's it's like one in five which is like kind of believable and still again i feel like it should be more that seems more than in, in the world average i guess yeah i don't know um yeah maybe because we have more uh resources to to know that it's mental health. Like if there's a, a country out there, a third world country, who doesn't have the resources to let alone take care of themselves physically, let alone mentally. Well, yeah, there's people who like parts of the country where nobody believes in like mental health. <laughs> like, you know, they um, you're probably possessed or something. It has nothing to do with the um, health of your brain or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, like, or, they don't or, or believe. Other, yeah. Like, cause you know, now we know that mental health, a disability in your mind, um, is the same as having like a broken leg or an arm. Like it still stops you from functioning like to your full capacity. And, um, you know, I feel like if some of us got help, but which is either medication or talking to somebody or just even exercising your brain, like, um, you know, producing naturally these like chemicals. uh, Yeah. Even physical uh, working out. Yeah, yeah like working out um, actually creates like a painkiller to your body. It releases this thing called like endorphins that like lowers the pain that in your body. Like it's so crazy to me <laughs> that you can like naturally produce that. I thought that you had to take ibuprofen to stop feeling pain. But like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next time you complain of a cramp, I'm going to go tell you take a run. Actually, yeah. Um, 
it's funny that you say that because um, there's like other things that you could do to release other like chemicals in your brain that help make you be, feel happy, which is like, you know, would be going for a walk or something like that. And um, it releases serotonin, which I get really confused between endorphins and serotonin. Yeah, I still don't know what the, the the difference is. I don't know. Endorphins is like for pain, whereas serotonin is more for mood. And um, yeah, and like apparently like eating um and stuff like that is helps with serotonin. So I guess that's when you like eat something, you do a little happy dance. So that's like your serotonin kicking in. Um, I think I have like a lot of that one. <laughs> I got like that when I get some chocolate. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's actually really good. So you do know the difference. Well, no. <laughs> like, if you ask me to say which one is which right now, I probably get only uh, endorphins, which is a pain relief. Mm. But uh, serotonin is mood, I guess you yes. said. Mm-hmm. And, and then we also have, like, dopamine, which is, like, um, a reward system from your body. So when you complete a task and you feel, like, really good about it, that's your dopamine levels going up. Oh, like, when you make a schedule for the day or for the week or, like, oh, I want to do this by, you know, three months from now, I'm going to lose five pounds. Yep. When you finally get there, you feel, like, amazing. And that's your dopamine levels. So the bigger the reward, the bigger the endorphins or the dopamines? I guess so, yeah. I mean, I would think that's how it works. Because, like, uh, listening to music is, like, one that helps with dopamine. Yeah, becoming like the Super Bowl champion, I feel I feel like would feel feel way better than you know finishing a book <laughs> by the yeah, summertime probably. over. <laughs> well, I don't know. Actually, that's like a good experiment because you know it depends on the book. I think I like to read. I, don't uh, know. I think if you ask Aaron Rodgers if he'd rather win the <laughs> Super Bowl or read a book, he'd probably pick the the, the Super Bowl. Well, which one's more politically correct? you're such a millennial i'm pretty sure politics are tied into everything stuff to the pile that doesn't need to be there (laughs) it's all tied in did it get pinnacle political yet it's going to be listen we're gonna talk about it one day conspiracies conspiracies (laughs) but yeah um and then you know the one that everybody knows is oxycontin oh wait oxytocin (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love me some Oxycontin. I broke my hand one time. They gave me that stuff. Like, yeah. They put a, yo, they put a needle like a foot long. No lie. The needle was a foot long. I broke my wrist, actually. And, um, because my, you can't see it, but my wrist is basically in like a 90 degree angle. And they come in with a foot long needle and they shove it into the bone in the wrist. And they're like, this is going to hurt a little bit. And they fling my broken wrist backwards, Ooh. my hand, and throw it backwards to Holy set it. Cannoli. And if that's how it felt like when I had drugs, <laughs> oh man, that was. Yo, my mom heard me screaming from the waiting room down the hallway. Oh my gosh. If you're not up yet, you are now. Gosh. Oof. Okay. <laughs> Try hitting the snooze button now. <laughs> they're up, they're up. You, they better be up. <laughs> Did you know anybody who had uh, problems with mental health? Um, so myself, <laughs> but um, I oh, actually I know the person too. Yeah, <laughs> she crazy. Um, I actually had a friend who um took her own life, and um, at the time we weren't talking. I forget, like it wasn't even any hostility; just people drift, and yeah. we stopped talking. 
And um, apparently she was seeing a therapist for a while um, after her like husband had passed away. And then she stopped seeing her therapist. And soon after that, um, decided to take her own life. Um, what she did in a crazy way. I'm not going to get into the details of it. All right. Well, that shit was, that was um, crazy. But um, I think that uh, for a long time I was really hurt because I wish that I had known and that maybe I could have talked to her and like we would have maybe like smoked up together and just maybe it would have made the difference. And I know that I'm, you know, now I'm like coming to terms with it and just accepting that yeah, it's not your fault. That she probably would have done what she was going to do anyway. And... Given the, can we give like a little background? And I don't, I don't want to get it too deep. And if anything, I'll just edit it out. But it's basically how I felt it was that she she had like a soulmate that she was looking forward to living life with. And when she lost him, uh, she kind of lost the will to live. And maybe in that part, maybe that's why, you know, there was nothing you could have done because you can't bring her husband back. Yeah. That was never going to change. And I'm, you know, I'm somebody who believes that soulmates are meant to be together. And when one dies, the soulmate soon dies afterwards because they can't live together. Like, they just can't be without the other. And I find some comfort in that. Yeah, I'm not promoting um, suicide. I'm just saying also that it's, I feel like her, she was going back home. You know what I mean? She was going to see her soulmate again. So it's like... Maybe there's there's no real reason for you to like. Of course, you're gonna you're devastated and you can feel bad about it. But you know, the only one person you can't you can't save the world, but you can save you know you save the people who are there to be saved. You know, we really don't know what would happen. Um, you know, she kind of took that chance away from me, (laughs) and I guess it's that's me being like selfish. But you know, um, I just really hope that. From now on, um, I can be there for people. And um, yeah, you know, you learn from the lessons of life like this. Yeah, like I don't think that I could keep living how I was, kind of like um, very selfishly. Just I, I isolated myself for a long time. I still feel like I isolate myself, but I'm really trying to break out of it. Well, it's hard. We live on Staten Island. It's like we live in Bajo and it's like there's nothing around here. Like it's kind of like the country in a way. Like we live in. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I have to isolate myself. No, no, no. What I'm saying is I I feel like it's a little easier to isolate yourself. Like it's hard to isolate. If you kind of want to go out, you could go out and there's people, there's places to go like right down the block. Because, you know, sometimes you just you don't feel it in you to maybe go for a long walk. So you want to go short one and, and see some of your people or see some of the sites of your neighborhood. Here it's a little harder because, you know, we have to walk at least 10, 15 miles to even see uh, 15 minutes to even see a store. So it's a little easier, I think, for me. I'm not saying this is you. Because I also isolate. I'm saying for me that uh, I feel like it's easier to isolate because it's like our community is isolated. <laughs> um. Yeah. I'm talking more of like um, emotionally, like you know. Yeah, I know. You can uh, still talk, I keep I in touch with people. No, 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 no. <laughs> like I even if you live in the middle of nowhere. No, no. I'm not saying that. I mean, I'm isolating myself physically. I'm saying it's easy to isolate yourself emotionally mm. because you are physically isolated. 
Okay. <laughs> it's like, you know, like being on an island with no phone. You know, like if you had your phone, you could still get out in the world and stuff like that. But like when you're like, that's a bad example. But you know what I mean? Like it's, it, to me, it's a little easier emotionally because it's like, well, especially though COVID, there was no place to go. We were in this small, small, small apartment <laughs> for two years. And that was kind of tough at times too. I remember one time you yelled at me, why are you always home? <laughs> There's no place to go. Yeah. COVID was rough. But I'm glad that I got to spend it with you. Me and too. yeah, I got to spend it with the best person for me. Like, you know, and it's funny because you I I feel like you rubbed off on me and I rubbed off on you. Um you play a Rocket League, but I, I watch different shows. You know, we both we, we went to counseling, we both realized that there was things about ourselves that were like, Oh, let's you know, maybe it's better that we do talk to somebody about this. It's hard though because I find it's it's very hard to actually find a therapist that can motivate you the right way. I I don't mind a little firmness, but I've had uh, therapists who were just like, like oh, because I was late. She want to talk a half an hour. I was late for five minutes. Like bro, you that's most of my time, and you just belittled me about being late, and I didn't get to talk about any of the stuff that I wanted to talk about. You know the stuff that's actually really bothering me. Like, do you even know why I was five, ten minutes late? One time was because some dude kicked the tree and got smacked in the face because he twirled around. Like, that was a little bit like, oh, you know, oh, my God. What did I just see? And I got, like, stuck there for a little bit to make sure he was okay or something like that. I missed my train. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, you know, I, you know that, that gets me a little bit. Like, I just saw a dude. I don't even know if he was, like, surviving or not. Yeah, that's a really bad example. And, like, I don't hope it doesn't discourage anybody from seeking a therapist. To be honest, um, I never saw a therapist in person. I um, always did it over the phone or through like um, video chatting. And um, I feel like that helped me a lot. Like if um, I think like a big reason I avoided therapy was the physical showing up. Like I couldn't do it. But if I could like be in my pajamas and talk to my therapist, that's that works for me. That kind of makes sense that you're in your own zone. You're in your own clothing and it's comfortable clothing. So you kind of sit there and just. Kind of like meditate, but like meditate with somebody talking to you about what you're feeling. Yeah, she was really great um, because um, it wasn't even like uh, initially we had to talk uh, through video. It was like at first it was always all with a phone. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I had one. Like, and uh, yeah, don't take it. T- t- don't take my story as like, oh, no. It's recording, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, at 13 minutes right now. Oh, okay. Um, I had a therapist who was awesome. He knew how to push me because I'm very strange and like I don't like to be told what to do, mm-hmm. especially without explanations. And I feel like he did a good job of explaining why I'm doing things. You know, I'm not a child. You, you know, you don't just say, hey, don't touch that. Like, well, why am I not touching that? Do I get burned? Does something bad happen? Like, yeah. And so, like, you know, what, why I bring her, the, them both up actually is like, if you feel like the person you're talking to isn't like your bestie. And that's not a bad, you know, I don't mean like that deep, like bestie, but you know what I mean? Like someone you're, you're comfortable with that don't make you feel weird that you can open up to easily. Mm-hmm. Keep them. And if, and if you feel like you're very, like, even after a couple of weeks, you can't, for some reason, just can't talk to them. There's no shame in changing. Hey, do we have someone else I can speak to? You know, no offense to you, but your style doesn't really clash with my personality. And it's like, you know, like the training that we get from jobs and stuff like that. It's like some are visual learners, some are learning by doing tactical yeah some some you could just tell directions to 
Yeah, yeah. And so I, I liken that to like that. It's like, if you're not teaching me at the way I learn, then you're not going to teach me, and yeah. I'm just going to be frustrated, and I'm going to think this is a waste of time. Yeah, because I think therapists are supposed to teach you things. You're supposed to feel challenged and learn from what you're, the conversations you're having with that person. Like um, with my person, uh, when I used to go to therapy, I stopped going. I I do want to go back, but I just yeah. think that I'm like working on my own stuff on my in my own way. But um, how's yeah. that working out though? Good. <laughs> then why are you shaking your head no at me? Because, I don't know, I feel like you're trying to act like I need to go to therapy. No, it's just and if we're going to talk about mental health, like I'm just lately, touching on your mental health. You, yeah, you kind of make little comments to me. And I, I actually, it's not really super appreciated. I, I That comment wasn't a comment that was, uh, like, attacking. It was a legit asking, how is it working out for you? I'm not trying to rub your face in something. I'm actually genuinely asking about your mental health. Is it working okay? Do you think it could be better? Or do you think that maybe you should, you know, see therapy again or talk to somebody again? I don't know. I think lately I've been fine. So. All right. I'd like to point out, though, I feel like somebody who would be fine. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It would be so a little defensive. I think it's the right word. Okay. Yeah, I see that. Okay, that's a defensive <laughs> okay. Well, when we get off air, we'll talk about this more. But yeah, I think maybe it maybe it's not a bad idea to maybe, you know, maybe even not to, if you want to try the same place again or change it. That's my always if you're not comfortable, just change it up. Mm-hmm. But like I know I know the benefits and like I want to do the same thing. So, you know, I'll even like I got to find the right person to I don't know. Yeah, see now I sound like you. And if I sound like you, then I probably should talk to somebody. <laughs> Yo, whatever, man. There's, isn't that what this is? There's, anyway. there's no shame in talking to somebody. Of course, yes. All right, so, yeah, all right. <laughs> Let's do it. So uh, what I was going to say earlier, I think what I was going to say earlier, is that uh, sometimes when you talk to people, to a therapist, so th- this is the difference. A lot of people are like, well, I can just talk to my bestie and, and I'm going to be fine. I'm going to just talk to my local bartender. They'll, you know, if I need to talk to somebody, I can talk to them. But it's not the same thing. Like, when you talk to somebody who's educated and, like, sees what you're going through and, like, I, you know, I don't want it to sound terrible, but, like, labels you, it really, really, really helps you. Like, to be honest, I feel like I was crazy for a long time. And I use the word crazy not to be, like, offensive to anybody, but I really felt like I was losing control of myself. And it was like really weird. And um, when I spoke to my therapist and she told me that I had what was called dysmythia, something like that. And it's like a long term mild depression. So it's like something like so it wasn't like severe depression. It was mild depression for a long time. And it like affects you in like a lot of ways. And I didn't realize it. That's like having like just a sore knee. Nothing crazy. That sore knee stays around for months. Even if you can handle it some days, some days it's going to get to you. Yeah, it'll like affect your mood and you're going to snap on somebody or something. Like, you know? Yeah. And then um, we realized that I also... Not to, not to you know, discredit your pain, like, as yeah. it's like a lightness, but it's like... Right, no, yeah. It was like something. a mild... I, I felt like it was a great description of what I was going through. It wasn't... Not to say that that was what I was going through at that time, but as a kid, because I spoke to her 
but I was 27 years old by the time I started talking to a therapist. So I was, it was a lot of years of like stuff that I was talking to her about. Like we would meet up twice a week because it was so much to go over <laughs> and I needed it. She knew that I needed it. And I really appreciated her being like, okay, so we're going to talk again in like three days. And it's like, okay, cool. Like I would love that. Like, thank you. Like I need that. Like I'm actually, I'm actually tearing up right now. Cause it was like, when I finally got the help, it was crazy. It felt, I cried every session. I cried, I cried, I cried. <laughs> yeah, therapy would do that to you. It was crazy. It just felt like I'm being seen. I'm getting the help that I need. And like, yeah, it I remember, was nice. I it remember, was like crazy. Like, I remember one time um, you we were, it was a spot we worked together in Brooklyn. And I just saw my therapist and I came in and I was a little sensitive. And you're like, Ooh, why are you so sensitive? It's like, yo, bro, like talking to therapy. Yeah, it opens like this water gate. Yeah, it's a little bit like a slight sunburn. Like it's like it's there. It's like ah, it's raw. Yeah. So um, we also realized too that I was uh dealing with like abandonment issues, and <clears throat> uh, I could have told you that for free. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> this guy keeps attacking me, man. Not attacking you. Knowing so, you and it's not attacking you. <laughs> so it was weird, though, because you think of abandonment issues like, oh, she grew up without her dad or like her mom was absent. And like, yeah, no, like that wasn't that wasn't what I was going through. Like, I grew up with a mom and a dad. I think that like my I had like a special circumstance where like people who were supposed to be a big part of my life left me. And so like it just friends? like I, you know, I'm talking about my sister. Um. I do looking you know back. Who you are if you're listening. Looking back, I was like abandoned by her. Like I didn't have a sister. I was supposed to have. That's like how it felt to you, yeah. I was supposed to have somebody who was there for me all the time, and I didn't. And like she was supposed to be my role model, and she taught me who not to be. Like that was who what I had growing up was who not to be. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I That's, took. I, I you know, I made it a positive, but it was like hard. Like yeah. everybody had their sibling that they would. Oh, I got a call. All right, real quick, or oh, let me get her to come get me, or like something like that. And I, I didn't have that. I was that. I didn't really have that either. I was that. Like yeah, you know, I got jumped because my sister Emily, um, she got into um, with a bunch of like uh, classmates of hers. This is like when she was in first grade, mm. and. Um, so I was like third grade, and I had like I had like nine nine freaking first graders coming at me like at the same time. I'm really worried. It's Luckily, there's no recording. damage. I I know what I'm doing because it doesn't look like the lines I usually see. That's why I understand that. You just can you trust me? Yeah. Okay. Look, I'll show you right now. Okay. Thank you. I was just worried. Yeah, we'll leave this in. <laughs> you all can see how crazy she really is. Yo, whatever. They're gonna see how you are. I still love you, and you still love me, right? Maybe. We're there for each other. That's another <laughs> important thing. It's like, um, is tools. You know, you say like, oh, like you know, why is it talking to this person is better than talking to like a best friend? It's like because that that person comes with tools. Like you don't ask your your friend to fix your toilet. They don't got the tools for that. Yeah, they don't. They don't got the tools to deal with your 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 crazy ass. Like, um, so it's like, and then they give you the tools to do it yourself, right? So that's also important. It's like you know, for all you who like, oh, what's the what's why is it so important? I think a, a, the best reason is 
um, those instances where we fall off and we do the things that we don't like and get angry and, uh, you know, everything, it's like, well, if I knew I was getting to that point, maybe I could have stopped myself. Yeah, my therapist helped me come up with um, ways to realize that I'm getting angry. And, yeah, because and that was my issue. To, yeah. I know, like, everybody has their own thing. Me is like, I get angry and then I want to, like, destroy you. Like, so, and oh, I didn't like yeah. that. I don't like that. I'm I not that either. person. It, wasn't, it, wasn't it sucks like that I saw, you know, you saw that side of me. And, um, but, uh, so she taught me, you know, whoever's listening, she taught me, like, where do you feel your anger? And for me, it was like my throat. She's like, oh, some people feel it in their stomach or like their head. Yeah, I feel it in my Or temples. like stuff like that. Yeah, I feel it in my throat. And if I'm getting angry, I feel it in my throat. And I'm like, it was, it's like interesting too, because, yeah, um, a physio- physiological cue. Yeah, I think that like I felt like I was silenced for a long time. So when I feel like the anger comes from my throat, it makes a lot of sense why it comes from my you throat. Want to scream everything out. Yeah, like it's just I never had the words, and so it was like weird. Um, but yeah, so it was like um, we came up with a safety plan based on that. So if I start feeling like angry, like the feeling in my throat, it's like okay, let's breathe. Like let's walk away. You're like even you with know your figure it out. Yeah. So um, I realized too I have an issue with drinking. Like, if I'm um, drinking, I kind of, things go to, like, another level. Yeah, honestly, so, if you're out without me and I don't get a phone call from me for hours, I know everything's good. <laughs> but if you start calling, oh, my God, wow, it's going to be some stuff. You're going to be like, ah, those jerks, they, they left me. They, they, oh, I did this to them. It's like, oh, my God, so dramaful, bro. I can't stand my sister did this. And by then, I'm too too many drinks in. Yeah. So I had to Such figure spiraling. out, I knew that if I was going to be hanging out with my sister, I needed to limit my drinks. And that's just, that's been helping me. And yeah. so, you know, it's something like, you know, we should all think about. It's like your drinks give you spider sets. Like you take an extra sip, you're like, and then you can feel it in your arms. Oh, I'm getting agitated. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like enough sips for now. I'll come back to this in a little while. Yeah. Nah, it's more like, oh, I'm going to have three drinks. And if everything's going all right, maybe I'll have one more, but then that's it. I'm going home. So, like, I had a time, like, oh, 11 p.m., I'm going home. Oh, so if you're having a good time, you're probably drinking the sleeps, uh, the, the drink slow. Yeah, no, it's more like I already have a preset plan. Okay, I guess what I'm asking So is, even if it's good the, or bad. Do you drink the drink slow, though? Like, if you're having a good time and you're like, hey, let me let this last for another hour, do you go, like, slower so you don't go through your drink too fast? I think I definitely slow down my drinking. Um, it's just that lately I haven't been having issues with my sibling. So it's been like I haven't had to use my safety plan, which is actually pretty dangerous. And I think the next time that I hang out with her, I'm going to kind of like have a plan in motion. But um, lately I've been able to if I started getting like a little angry, I'm able to like articulate myself pretty well with her. Um, Because, yeah, I know last time we hung out, she was kind of getting at me because I wanted to go home to my animals. And she thought it was stupid. Like, she thought that it was, she's just like, oh, you should go out and have a good time. I'm like, I did go out and have a good time. Now I want to go home and have a good time. <laughs> like, and I am, I'm very attached to my animals. They help me with so much. Me also, Reina. Like, people don't give credit. Did I say that right? My. My bear queen? Something queen like that. Bear? My queen bear. I think yeah. That's what I, say. I don't know. I think that, like, my animals help me get through things a little easier. Yeah, the emotional support. 
they really are and like it's crazy like all right we do have four animals but like what's crazy about that is is that each animal has its own personality so depending on what you feel like there's an animal for it yeah <laughs> that's a good one like i think if you're sad jack is great he's yeah. the best like you're sad he'll come over and lay on you he's like a cheerleader and a cuddle bug if you need to pick me up it's definitely gene gene he's like this like t- delicate little cute thing that like he'll let you hold him and stuff so it feels really nice like to hold this like really cute thing and it's he's so tiny and like adorable and then with tina i feel like when i when i'm angry i like petting her because it's like she purrs so loudly like therapeutic Tina, what I like about her is that she usually does her own thing. She don't want to be around So you. independent. She's my favorite. But when she comes around and gives you attention, it feels like, wow, I'm worthy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not worthy. Like, like, what? You like me? Like, wow. Like, because she's so pretty, but she's very like, don't touch me. But yeah. then when she wants you to touch her, it's like, oh, my God. Thank I, you. I, yeah. What is it? I call, I call her regal. She's very yes. regal-like. Yeah. Um, I call her... My velvet queen sometimes. Yeah, and, and then the, the big guy, uh Rocky, he's good when um like not like sad, but definitely like maybe melancholy. He's like, just always all around good because he's just like a goofball. Yeah. And um he just wants to be near you too. So it feels really nice yeah, to I have up to like his butt in my face the other night. Yeah. Like he you're chilling, he's chilling too, and it feels like a vibe. Yeah, he's like with <laughs> dogs too, I've noticed. If like the dog comes up and he's all like chill, he'll be chill. You get one dog that you he can feel like, oh no, you're gonna jump at us or something, he goes crazy. Yeah, he definitely bugs out on people. And now over to a little bit of our what keeps me up format. We're gonna dive into a little bit of Van Gogh and some of his mental health issues and what ultimately led to his death. Take it away, Blue. All right. So, Mr. Vincent Van Gogh was born March 30th, 1853. He was one of six siblings. Um, he was really close to his one of his brothers. And, um, um, yeah, I guess uh, the reason I thought about doing, like, a Vincent Van Gogh segment is because a lot of people... Um, his their favorite painting by Vincent Van Gogh was the Starry Night, and a lot of people don't know this, but it was painted from the view. He was inspired by the view coming out of his window in a, the psychiatric facility he was in. That's crazy. I didn't know that at first. Yeah, he actually had a lot of mental health issues like his whole life, and then it seemed to get like worse towards the end. Yeah, so um, he was admitted into this um asylum. And that's where he went on to paint 150 paintings. All including Iris, right? Yeah, the um, Iris. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. Um, that one's one of my favorites, yeah. <laughs> I prefer Story Night, yeah. Yeah, so, um, like, a lot of things about Vincent Van Gogh are, like, wrong. Like, uh, people say that he chopped off his ear and, like, mailed it to somebody, like a mistress or something like that. A maid in a brothel. But yeah, he actually only chopped off his earlobe and he gave it to her. I don't know. I don't really know why he gave it to her. Like, I don't know if it's him being like, hey, don't worry, baby. I'm going to come back and pay you. <laughs> like, like I owe you. you know, he's kind of like, oh, I have to come back for my earlobe. Like, yeah, you know, it's worth like, like $10. <laughs> um, that, actually, there's a secondary theory to that, that he actually 
got into like an altercation with a man and uh they wound up you know dueling a little bit and he sliced his ear off and this comes from um letters written to his brother vincent's brother yeah, Theodore. that they don't want to talk about it no more like it was done and i think maybe this new um thing came out of it as a way to cover it up like hey i don't want to talk about it so Oh yeah, I just I just gave it to a, a maid at a brothel. Yeah, they were like, "Why can't? Why don't? Where's your ear now? Like, where is it?" He's like, "Oh, I just gave it to some random lady." Yeah, and then some of the skeptics say, "Well, where's the real hard proof?" And it's like, "Well, the, the letters that they wrote say it. Like, why would like I don't understand? Like that isn't that proof?" Yeah, yeah. Like, why would somebody lie in a letter to their brother? Because you're assuming no one else is gonna read it. Yeah, so. he doesn't think he's gonna become so famous that someone's reading his letters like a hundred years later, be like. Oh, look at this. He told his brother he sliced it off. I wonder yeah. if he's writing code. So right. we don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's so messed up. It bothers me so much that he didn't pop off till after he died. Like, it's it really bothers yeah, me. Yeah, it started that trend of, like, you don't really get popping until after you die. Yeah, so, um, funnily, not funnily enough, but, like, the way that he died is a conspiracy, too. Like, um, he, I don't know, a lot of different websites say different stuff. Like, he shot himself in the stomach. Somebody say, like, his chest. But um, a lot of people, you, apparently, uh, uh, according to evidence, um, the hole isn't, like, big enough to even be a self-inflicted wound. Because I guess anybody who tries to off themselves that way, like, that's it. You're doing a lot more damage than, like, so Vincent shot himself, apparently, and then walked back to his hotel and then died like 30 hours after that. Yeah, and his last words to his brother was, um, I want to die this way. No, I want to die this way. Something like that. Yeah, a lot of people have like different, um, like, what is it? Different depictions of events. Um, and yeah, but a lot of people were like, oh, yeah. Um, he's like, oh, I just want to die. Like, this is just the I, way. Yeah, I think that they're misinterpreting the way he's saying things. And I, I think because of uh, where we first found out about this was from BuzzFeed, uh, un- was Unsolved Mysteries or something Mysteries yeah. with uh, Shane Madej and uh, Ryan what? Ryan Bergara. Um, and, you know, so that kind of got us interested in, in this, too. Uh, and, yeah, they actually they, they're the ones who, who I, I, I take the information from where it's like... Um, he said to his brother, "No, I want. This is how I want to die. I want to die like this." Yeah, and because it was weird. Why would you shoot yourself? Because he did. He bring his artwork up to the, the the place where he shot himself. Yeah, so the, he went out to a field with a bunch of his artwork, and yeah. Well, and there was collaborating uh, witnesses who saw him go up to the hill. I think it was a hill, and um, didn't he also say that the, his painting stuff was gone after he shot himself? Apparently, according to that BuzzFeed thing, yeah, like nobody was able to recover his artwork. Well, the gun supposedly, if he shot himself, should have just fell right where he shot himself. Yeah, um, a lot of different people like have different stories, like um, that um, one of his friends, artist friends, they they knew that he was trying to like kill himself. And they saw him shoot himself and he was like his friend was trying to revive him. And he's just like, no, um, you know, I'm OK. Like, if you save me, I'll just have to do it all over again. Like, at this point, Vincent was like determined these to kill himself. People? Apparently an artist and a friend of him who got there, to, went to his funeral. 
That's just somebody like telling a story and trying to get attention, right? Yeah, it's like, oh, well, I tried to save him. He just he couldn't be helped. Yeah, but then, you know... Because um, all the information that I think they're pulling from is from his brother's uh, view of things. Yeah, I was going to say um, that uh, Theo himself said that um, Vincent wanted to die, that he kind of felt like... <sighs> Um, you know, a people who do commit suicide, they do feel like it's like a relief. And so he actually said, um, la tristesse durera to yours. It's like the sadness will last forever. And I guess, um, Theo understood what he meant by that. Like he can't get over yeah. his despair. Yeah. And, and then the theory comes about basically because, uh, there was a group of kids who uh like the leader always had a gun at his hip like some kind of um like revolver and um apparently he accidentally shoots van gogh um that's what and that explains why he can't find the gun yeah or the um his art stuff art stuff and um it's funny it's just weird i i'm losing my track a little bit because there's so much i wanted to get into now i'm trying not to get it <laughs> No, yeah, these kids used to bully Vincent, apparently. Yeah. yeah, and they saw him in the field, and it was just a regular day of, like, making fun of the, the crazy guy. <laughs> and we're not saying that he shot him on purpose. It could have been quite by accident, because um, after that, he was never seen with a gun again. Yeah. Like, it was never at his hip again. And that's why, like, if, if now, if, if he says to Theo, oh, no, this is how I want to die, I think he's saying it like, no, I don't want to tell on them. Right. Um, I just rather die like this. Like, oh, no, yeah, I killed myself. This is how I want to die. Like, basically saying, yeah, but ultimately saying, no, nah, I'm not going to rat them out. Maybe Vincent was like one of those people who wanted to die, but never thought about doing it themselves. And so then this was like the opportunity. And he's just like, Theo, like, this is this is what I've always wanted. Because oh. I've heard theories where, or like, you know, I, while doing research, that Vincent would never commit suicide. That he was against suicide. Yeah, I heard that a lot too. So, so to I wonder if he here. was suffering, but he had like these morals or whatever. And so this was his like opportunity. Like he did like a death by cop, like suicide type thing, where it's like he provoked them and then they're like, oh, they shot him. And then he didn't want to snitch on them. He's like, well, I couldn't do it myself, so I'm just going to say I did it. No, it's kind of like falling into like an ocean and not really bothering to see, swim to the shore. Kind of like, oh, guess this is how I'm going to go. Because murder, suicide by cop is like, you're kind of, that's a little premeditated. Like, I think what happened to Vincent, if it was these kids, he was kind of like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to go then. Like, I'm already hurt. I'm going to let myself die. Oh, well, then couldn't also been like... He agitated them to shoot him. This way he didn't have to do it himself. Maybe he could have seen the kid with the gun and he was kind of like, hey, you look stupid. Yeah, they and always the make kid. fun of him. He's like, now he sticks up to them. Like, yeah, what are you going to do about it now? I'm standing up to you. And then that's why he's like, nah, they did me a favor. I wanted to die In like a this. way, he, it could have been. Wow, that it really could have been. been. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. We solved it. We solved that's it. it. Uh, <laughs> no, more, no more mysteries. We solved all of them. Uh, job well done. Yeah. Um. Good job, everybody. All in a good day's work. <laughs> you, think, you think that's good right there? We can leave it off here? Uh, Yeah. 
Um, yeah, or just that uh, <clears throat> Vincent didn't really leave, leave a suicide note or anything. So. Yeah, that's another weird thing, too. Uh, I, but how common are suicide notes? I don't know. I I'm haven't really Google looked it. in. I'm going to Google it real quick. Yeah. Well, keep talking. Keep that okay. away. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess apparently a lot of people leave suicide notes, so... Yeah, like how prevalent Like the, is it? the chick from 13 Reasons Why I left. <laughs> oh, man. I read that. I think I read that, right? No, I didn't watch it. Where she am I looking up again? Notes. Oh, how often are there suicide notes? Yeah, only 25 to 30% of suicides are accompanied by a note. So it's, I guess it's not that weird that he didn't leave one. 33%? 25 to 30%. Mm. So that still leaves like seventy percent. I don't like those odds. I wouldn't take those odds in, uh, you know, in betting. So you know, that's not so weird that he didn't leave one. But like, I don't know. This is just like today's numbers. Maybe then it was different back in the day. It was like, well, let me let them know. Maybe they don't do it anymore because it's all like through texting and they leave a suicide like a suicide blog. voice note. <laughs> yeah, like didn't 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 they do that in Thirteen Reasons Why? She did. She did the tapes, yeah. The voice message. She did 13 tapes. And, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> that show, she did have a lot of great reasons to um want to, like, harm people. But it sucks that she turned it around and put it on herself. Like, Monica, I'm glad we're actually talking about this because I think America has a real big issue with mental illness. And I think that's why a lot of school shootings are happening and, like, shootouts... In general, like mass killings are becoming a bigger thing now. And we're not really like talking about it, like what's leading up to this. The stuff, the steps happening before this. It's really messed up. Like that might have to be its own show on its own. Because so like America, we're not looking good. And I don't know. Yeah, I guess we could even start on uh, start at Columbine and then go through, let me Sandy Hook. And then some of the do some like lesser known ones, um, but I think on that note we're gonna cut it out to the outro. All right, guys. Thank you, everybody. This has been Sky and Blue on well, uh, no, that's right. It's uh, Good Morning Earth by What Keeps Me Up at Night and Blue. Why don't you tell them where they can find us? All right, guys, you can find us at Evidence Room on Facebook, Evidence Room 23. The Evidence Room, sorry. On Instagram. What Keeps Me Up Nightly on TikTok. And then What Keeps Me Up at Night on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Stitcher, Google, Radio, Google Podcast, Pandora, Radio Public, Audible, Audible, and of course, Anchor shout out to y'all i like anchor and that's been uh good morning earth mental health um oh there's no reason that you shouldn't be able to feel comfortable with talking to somebody about what you're going through and if you're not there yet you know you'll get there and uh just take those steps it could be very helpful so as always make sure you get those happy hormones up and make sure you check on your friends and everyone deserves love, even you. This concludes our broadcast day. Good night and God bless America.